0: in 81 you guys moved into the alan jones phase of uh, right your right editor, and Alan jones of course was the uh producer and kind of some svengali if you will behind the barquays right. um, when right. they came back in the late 70s and they were very successful into the 80s so you right. got that kind of memphis funk thing going and right. uh the blue jeans album in 81 that is you know a lot of it sounds like the Barquets, frankly but it is really Mm. funky you cannot deny that is a hard-hitting record
1: yeah we um this was an ironic situation it was it was uh all uncomfortable it was crazy as can be uh getting to alan jones was a was a fight because we went to george tobin as i told you before and we did studio city and we did that album that album, according to RCA, uh, it was a nice album, but it flopped financially. It didn't, do it. it didn't do well. It didn't do like our other records. And then there was musical chairs again, and they changed it. And so everybody was, was on a uh, chopping block, so to speak. So it's a, it was a do it or else. And so it was the, 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 the new people on the block at RCA and also us. It was like, y'all got to come up with something or else. So uh, we were saying, well, we'll, we'll we're we'll not going to go back to George Tobin. We'll just go back to the Toll experience, and we'll try it over there. And then uh, and then at the time, Alan Toussaint was, uh, we were ready to get away from them. And so all of that, getting contracts were different and trying to share our, uh, you know, uh, uh, what 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 we call our wonderful rights with them? I mean, th- because even after you you the contract is up, you still have to give them a piece of the pie, cause it is what it is. But anyway, when we got to to go back to the total experience, they changed chairs in RCA, and RCA said, right then we all got to come up with a funky song. Y'all just got to come up with some funk. Because, you know, what y'all came up with before, you know, that's not what we, y'all got to come up with, y'all. Funk. And and uh, Ray Harris came back and he said, you know what, um, guys, I, I talked with this guy, Alan Jones, and I know him, and da da da, da and uh, he's a funky guy, and you know the Bar case. And I said myself, oh yeah, I didn't remember the Bar when I was like 11 or 12. I used to see them coming around concerts with Isaac Hayes. I mean, I, they used to Isaac Hayes used to be. They used to open up for Isaac Hayes and a whole bit, and you know, and when he was Moses, I remember the Bar kids when I was young. When I remember them and say, "That's who you?" You say, "Yeah." Well, we 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 thinking y'all need to come with some funk. They funky. Y'all need to come up with some funk. You know, go to that, yeah. go see Alan Jones. So that was our back was against the wall. We had we didn't have an. Uh, that was the ultimatum. We either do that or uh, get thrown off the off the company, and so. We went there, and when we went there with Alan Jones, Alan Jones could only do one, one thing, and that was the funk. He could only do the barcase, because Alan Jones was really the case, And I didn't know that, but he actually was that. He didn't play an instrument. He, didn't, he just had all of that in his head, but he didn't, pl- he didn't play anything. But uh, funk, he could do. He could drink coffee all day, black coffee all day, sit down, drink black coffee. I never seen him eat. And he would just come up with ideas of the funk. But he, he had a stooge, uh, what you call a stooge, a, a, a right hand person. And, and, and the Barcais had Winston. And Winston would play these uh, crazy Stewart. synthesizer, Winston Stewart, yeah, play these crazy synthesizer licks. And he was so good at it. I mean, he was just like mm, he'd play them. And so, our, what we had to do is we had Robert Daborn, and, and Robert was a good, great keyboardist, but he wasn't funky, funky like that. I mean, this guy was funky. So we had to go get another keyboard player, Michael Goods at the time. And so this guy was called Michael Goods, and he would take like almost a school lesson with Winston. Like whatever Winston would be playing, he copy it and copy it and copy it and Alan Jones would, would welcome it and so because he couldn't play himself he would just be saying he, they just had a communication going on he'd look at Winston and he'd say Winston I need something here and this phrase I need you to do he'd do like that and Winston would play and he'd say yeah that's it now put, put a little twang on it and, and Winston know exactly what he's saying exactly yeah. And because uh, either he knew exactly what he's saying, I didn't know it, but he knew it when he heard it.
0: Kind of like Bernie Warrell with George Clinton,
1: kind of, kind of like Bernie, Exactly, exactly. Now you got it. Now you got it. That's kind of how that worked. And so that was a new experience that I had with that. And then I met another Michael. And this Michael played with uh, Otis Reddick, and he played guitar. and, and Mike can play that guitar. But he was—he played with Otis Redding when he was 12 or 13 years old. When, I, when we met him, he was like 30. So that was a lot of years in the studio. But anyway, um, in fact, he might have been older than 30. might have been. But, but anyway, he remembers all the Otis Redding things and the time of that. But ironically, like I said, I grew up on 45s. Otis Redding was my man. Like, I used to sing all his songs. I was in the studio. And I heard Mike, and Mike was playing the changes on uh, uh, I've Been Loving You Too Long. And he was just playing them. And then I just sat in the studio, and I just started singing. I've been loving you. And I was just going through the whole bit. And and the whole studio got quiet. And uh, Alan Jones went in the studio back while He turned the lights out. And it's just him and I. And they put the spotlight on the guitar. And I was just sitting down with him singing it. And they were recording it. And didn't know that. And, and, and they Wait, stopped. And then they, came, they <laughs> came to the back. And they said, you know what? I already found out that you're going to do this song. You're going to cover this song. And I was like, you know, we're going to do this again. We're going to do it with a band. And we're going to do this and get a Ranger and da, And the whole bit. And so that was our relationship. With with Alan Jones, that was the relationship of it. And I began to respect him as he respected me. He pushed me. As a a producer, he pushed me better than any other producer we had. Um, Because um, he couldn't sing and he knew he couldn't sing. It wasn't like Alan Toussaint. He he couldn't sing. He knew he couldn't sing. And he would just go, eh, and I would try to learn his communication skills as, as he would do with Winston. And I tried to learn that. And I would miss and hit and miss and miss until I actually I got good at what he wanted. And so he always loved higher things. So I always tried to give him that. So when we had Take It Off and... That was that was a big challenge for me. Take it off, Um, but we worked and we worked and we worked, and you could see the, you could see the benefits from all of it coming, you know. And from that, uh, you know, after we did take it off, we put it on the back burner. And then he said, "You know what? I want to see how you feel doing uh, sugar sugar sugarfoot stuff," you know. And I was like. We bring it on, because I used to tour with it, so, like, whatever. Well, I got a song, you know, and they say, called Blue Jeans, and you know, I want you to try it, you know, Blue Jeans and the track. And I hated it. I listened to it, and I said, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. And he said, yeah, but, you know, it has possibilities. So I said, I don't like that. So he said, well, just try it. And so we tried it as a band, and it sounded so different from, from the original track. And it was funky as I don't know what. And so uh, I was sold on it. And then he said, well, let's change the key. And so we changed the key in the whole bit. And we just took it to a whole nother level. And, uh, and then uh, Larry Dawson started fussing with Alan Jones about uh, us having that Blue Jeans song. Because he said that uh, Alan had first given him that song first. And that we took it from them. And, but it was only after they heard what we did to it. Mm-hmm. So um, it could have went either way. But that was the, the big discussion. So to, 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 to make amends and to make it right, Alan Jones said, you know what? Y'all, y'all going to share that. So whenever the Barkays do a song, the horn players, we need you the horn players to come play for them. So, hit and run, and all those songs that they were doing that bar chocolate milk was playing on the horn players were they weren't using me because I was a competition, so oh, so wow. i didn't put I didn't do the vocals on, but a lot of the vocals, what he did do um like on um who's getting it now," he had Larry Dobson sing it first and uh and I think Larry might have wrote it I'm not sure, but uh they had their own kind of uh relationship alan jones and the bar case but anyway he would he's singing on it and he had me sing over it which track uh it's called who's getting it who's getting it now uh it's a song called i Oh yeah. it yeah that's kind of
0: mm-hmm. i love the groove of that song
1: yeah 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 so uh so he sang it and put it over it, I, but I took it to another level. I had to tell me, baby. So I kind of, I, I'm, I'm kind of good at what I hear. Like I told you, as a kid, I've always been good at, uh, hearing the notes before they, and then anticipating them before they, before they actually come. So I was actually when the track was going on, I was actually hearing it and doing it, and that was killing Alan Jones. It was like did you hear this song before? And I said, no, i I never heard it before. And he said, uh, well, we just did this song, and, and like you went and hit the note, and I, and I was going to tell you to hit that note, but you hit the note anyway. So, I mean, we're good. I just didn't know that you hear this before. I was like, no, I, I've never heard it before. But in my mind, I've heard it before. I pulled it off from way back and were, were, knew where it was going.
0: Were you concerned? That was getting it. Mm-hmm. Were you concerned at all about sounding too much like Larry Dobson on, on that song, or was, were you good with it? Well, the, the, whole,
1: the whole Memphis thing I was against. I was against all of it because I felt that they weren't letting me be me, and they was not going to let me be me. But, I, but here was the deal. The deal was that they were giving me, and I was a young kid. So the deal they were giving me is that if we don't sell this album, RCA is going to drop yeah. We're gone. So my deal is either I have to play ball with these people or I have to go find another label. I got you. And so that was the deal. So I had to figure out how to be Larry Dodson, but at the same time try to be me too and figure that out. And so well, that was the hard part.
0: To be honest with you, there's a lot worse faith than that. I mean, because, yeah. you know, Larry Dodson is one of the great funk singers uh, in my yeah. mind. And also... Yeah. uh you know, the Barquet's music is among the funkiest music yeah, there is. So. Yeah, 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 um,
1: yeah. Your love is like the Holy Ghost was funky. Oh, man. The, the Holy Ghost was funky, funky. They had the Holy Ghost for real in there, you know? So, yeah, Larry, want, uh, all of them were fun. Like I said, I saw them when I was young, and I always loved them. I never thought I would be meeting them or even be singing with them. I never thought that at all.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, saw, I didn't see him live, but seeing him do Son of Shaft in Wattstack, wow, mm-hmm. that was incredible. Well they yeah. were in
1: the studio doing shaft. Well, actually, when um, when Isaac Hayes did the concert and I was young and um, when they did da 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 when they was doing that part uh, that was again Larry Dobson's band doing that the bass Alex- Alexander James Alexander I think James it was James, James on bass and they were doing all of that stuff. I was just young. I didn't realize that, didn't know it. But, uh, and I got a chance to meet these guys, but they were the guys that, that was the, the meat behind Isaac Hayes. They were the yeah. meat. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, uh, I want to mention some other specifics about that Blue Jeans record, the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song was a hit. Yeah, I don't know how much it played in the East Coast, but it did pretty well out here on the West Coast. Blue Jean's album, Blue Jean's song was the biggest
1: song chocolate milk ever had. The biggest song. But we, have, we had bad luck. And so I don't know if that goes with the, the company and all of that. The bad luck was um, when that song was presented to us, no one knew who wrote the song. Um, and then this guy came out out of nowhere, Howard Redman, said, I wrote this. And so that was the thing, you know, I wrote the song, da 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 so we put on the album, Howard Redman wrote Blue Jeans. That was the song. He was a little thug guy, you know, that came and he said he wrote it. So you know, so we here we're using it. Then the record company says that there's a suit out that um, over the p- person who wrote the song and who didn't write the song and da-da-da-da. So they, I think what that hurt the record because by the time it got to be 20 plus, and we never had a crossover 20. I mean, that was top 20 song, Blue Jeans, uh, in the Billboard charts. We never had that. And, 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 and uh, we've always had like a 15, top 15 song, but that was an R&B. This was a pop uh, on charts, top 20 song. And as soon as that hit the bullet in the top 20 song, you could see the, the, the aggression of promoting it and putting it out was a problem. And it was out the less radio play. It, yeah, it went out like a, like a yeah, and 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 the reasoning because again there was a fight between who had the who wrote the song, mm-hmm. and what that was, and so we lost that. So we had and we had other follow ups. If if that would have took off, we had other songs. I mean, we had funky honey buns was funky. Huh, honey
0: buns so was killer. So, and yeah, you remember yeah. Honey Buns.
1: So uh, Honey Buns was funky, and I thought that was gonna be the next one. If, if Blue Jeans make it, I always said that, that that that's gonna be Honey Buns gonna be the one. But because it fizzled the way it fizzled, and and, and like I said, RCA p- played a good part on on not really doing that what they do. Uh, we lost out on that. We lost out on that. It was a pretty big album. It was funky album. It was just as good. The, the, like I said, the difference between um, us and the barcades is their label what they had people behind because of their record and reputation. They had but when when Barquez put out a record, their record was on. That hit and run when they when we put out blue jeans, they put out hit and run. When they put out hit and run, that sucked that thing just took that off. That's one of their
0: biggest hits, yeah.
1: Yeah. Hit and run just took off.
0: This record that, though blue jeans, I don't want to like get away without also mentioning um, mm-hmm. Honey Bun is killer. Um, mm-hmm. but also um running on empty was like a radio ready funk Kind of sound, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. kind of was reflecting the times to me, and that it was mm-hmm, sort of like um, mm-hmm, a little bit more like what, like a Midnight Star was starting to do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that, kind mm-hmm, of that electro funk mm-hmm, influence coming mm-hmm. in. That's I've,
1: right. Um, video Queen too. We we actually tried to get something uh, from Video Queen that had that kind of uh, uh, digital games and the whole thing about. So we was trying to get into video games and that kind of thing and that, and so. That came right after we did the uh, the uh, running on empty, so we had it at the store. We just didn't put it put it out, but we had that. As soon as we did running on empty, we did something like that and put it on the back burner, and then it wound up coming up on our album again. But uh, but anyway, to answer your question, yeah, that was that was the vibe and that was the time for running on empty, and. Uh, uh, it was a challenge to do that song, actually. That was one of the big challenges to do that song,
0: you know. You, you know what also leaped out to me in the credits, Frank, is uh, mm-hmm. one Neo Nocentelli was on the guitar on some of that somewhere. He's on the credits.
1: When um when we got to when we got to Memphis and we started to do this, um, we wanted to be as funky as possible. And that that was the, the thing with Alan. Jones also, he loved the funk and the whole bit. And Mike is already, he's an oh, uh, 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 oldest Redding kind of guy. He come from that era. And he was funky, too. Oh. So we met Leo. I think he just came to visit or something at a club. And we met him and we talked to him. And, and we were like, man, Leo, we're doing the album. He said, man, why don't you call me? You know, I, I'll come and do some things. He said, yeah, well, you know, we're doing funky stuff. So it, it would fit. So it was that, that kind of thing. We knew already Leo because Leo was from home, down home. I mean, we, we knew him. and uh, He kind of looked at us as, little, as his little baby brothers, kind of like, you know. So uh, Leo was always funky. So when he got in that studio, he killed it. You know, he was being Leo. And uh, he raised eyebrows with all of them. I mean, you know, Memphis knew who he was.
0: And he so, can do anything on guitar.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he was—he's a genius when it comes to that funk. I mean, you—he's funky, and so he raised some eyebrows. So yeah, we had him come in and do some things, and Alan was definitely a, a for it. So there wasn't without question. wasn't wasn't a problem to do, and uh, all the funk started to work. I mean, we had everybody that was there. We. Um, even the drummer, even our own drummer, you know, even relinquished. He gave, he said, you know what? Hey, I want it as funky as possible, so uh, you know, some of the songs, we could use the barques drummer, and he was okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of cuts, we used even the barques drummer. Wow. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that gets us to the final Chocolate Milk record, which was uh, Friction in 82, mm-hmm. again, produced by Alan Jones.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Still mm-hmm. with more
0: of that uh mm-hmm. arcades like funk and mm-hmm. you mentioned hit and run that one song on there uh sweet heat actually sort of has a hit and run vibe to me
1: well sweet heat to be honest with you alan jones was that kind of a guy he's a copycat kind of guy uh he he's funky but he's a copycat if he's a, if it's out there he's gonna challenge it funky wise so there was a song by Al uh, what's his name uh can't think of his name but it's just cutie Pie.
0: Uh, oh, One uh, Way, Al Hudson. One Way,
1: Al Hudson. Uh, Cutie Pie was the, the big song. And so he said, you know what? Uh, that Cutie Pie is big. If we could just pull something off like that. And so we just did a funky song like, uh, like that Cutie, Cutie Pie, which happens to be Sweet Heat. And so... thud up thud da 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 and the bridge was almost like cutie pie, you know, but mm-hmm. instead we say sweet heat, you're always on my mind. Uh, but it's just almost like the bridge of my cutie pie, but it, it had the same kind of feel of that. But that's kind of how that happened. Cutie pie was a big song. And he wanted
0: to funk Too, bad, that, too bad Sweet like
1: Heat that. wasn't as big. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, like I said, I, I hate to keep saying that, but I, I really believe it in my heart is that what One Way had to promote and where they had their radio stations to, to done. RCA just didn't, they didn't, they didn't have that. They weren't, it wasn't that good at it. Yeah, they were
0: on MCA one way.
1: Yeah, there, there wasn't like a RCA... Was not as good as as the as the others as far as doing that. That's my opinion on it, and it's hard to criticize them with that. I mean, Evelyn Champagne King did well with with the shame that she did well with it, but it wasn't like a funk nice. record, you know. I mean, crossover. they had that he she and eventually she did get Kashif, and Kashif did some funky things with it, but it wasn't like funk funk. And so RCA had problems with that. In my opinion, and but we're the only ones on that on that on that
0: label. Well, this record, if you had to end it, to me, you went out uh, punching, you know, because it's a it's a hard hitting record. Friction. Uh, the first mm-hmm. three songs are all really like danceable funk. I mean, it just mm-hmm. gets in there, mm-hmm. and um, or the first four songs, and mm-hmm. uh, and then keep it coming is a nice ballad. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. To, to me, mm-hmm. it has a little bit of a cameo flavor, but that's. Yeah.
1: And so then we went on tour with them and that's kind of where we got it. I was like knocked out with uh, Cameo's uh choreographed performances cause they would actually come out marching and they would have that march funk to it and they would kinda of stop and pump and pump that kind of that kind of feeling. And so uh Candy was like that can it's like candy, they were so funky. All all of their songs were baseline hard funk. Um uh, and so uh when they did the slow song, which was funky, it was called uh Star uh Star. What is it called? Sparkle. Sparkle. And it's called Sparkle. Well, you are on it. You're on it, guy. You are on it, Scott. When they had Sparkle, uh I thought about that uh keep it coming, having it, that kind of feel.
0: And mm-hmm. so yeah,
1: that was the cameo. That was a cameo feel. We are actually, like I said, we listen to a lot of things and we come up with. There was another one on there when Prince was big. We, we did one that was um, not Adore You, but there was a song that was similar to that he did
0: Do Me Baby?
1: And Do Me Baby. Ooh, you're honest. Yeah, I can just, yeah. Do Me Baby was it. And so I said, Shine a light for you tonight don't make me wait and we did that and 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 that was the kind of feeling of do me baby that mm, that kind of, and and we were in we weren't we wasn't on tour with with Prince but when we were in, when we went to the clubs and stuff and he was there in the clubs yeah um, uh that was the kind of feel when he actually played I, I kind of like those feels and he had at the time he was introducing time so uh, We all got a chance to meet that, you know, and how that felt. So, yeah, that's all came about around that same time. So that's how uh, uh, Don't Make Me Wait came about and had that kind of Prince feel. And then the other one was naturally Michael was such a big hit. So I had a lot of Michael influence on a lot of the songs, like what we did. uh, uh, The one I said, uh, Take It Off and. Uh, the other one that says shake your body because uh, uh Michael Jackson had to shake who's, your body down to the ground. Hmm?
0: Who's getting it now? Is that the one
1: who's who's getting it now? Was one, but the, but more importantly, the other one that's called shake your A lot of people call it shake your body, uh, because it has a two a double meaning, but that wasn't the name of it. The name of it was uh, um, may I take your hand and hold it down, down with you all night long. Uh, never miss a beat. <laughs> don't let up. was the name of it? Don't don't let up. Was the name of it? But it, but it always says oh, shake yeah. your body, baby. Yeah. So shake your body actually came with the 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 Michael Jackson shake your body. So I right. do a lot of high notes, screams on it, and that kind of little feel of that. Uh. So yeah, I was influenced by all of it happening. So we were all kind of uh. Sticking little dabs of, of a little familiarity in that, you know, but uh, being familiar with uh, those kinds of little things that's hit, but trying to still keep it funky. And so it's
0: interesting um, hearing you talk about Alan Jones because I had Larry Dodson on
1: and mm-hmm. I didn't really
0: know the role mm-hmm. that Alan played in the barcades mm-hmm. until I spoke with Larry all these mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really drove that train. So yeah. it's interesting. hear yeah. also your side so, of uh, that, but
1: yeah, Alan Jones was actually he was Mister Barquet. He was Mister Barquet, um, and they had a like a, like Winston, uh, Larry, and uh, Alan had a great relationship. They he respected. They respected each other, and uh, I never had that um, with Alan. With not in that respect, he respected me, but he also had a. It was like a jealousy kind of thing. With it wasn't, it wasn't legitimate. Like I could see with Alan Jones and and uh, and and Larry, it was legitimate respect. It wasn't like no one wasn't jealous of the other. It wasn't that kind. of
0: Well, thing. he helped groom Larry from being a young singer and kind of molded him. So that was mm-hmm. a different. Mm-hmm.
1: That's relationship. Quite, it's a different relationship completely, and I understand yeah. that. Yeah, and so that, who- that's what. Came up out. Actually, that's how it came
0: up. Who is Frankie J?
1: hmm hmm Um, a lot of times while I was singing, and instead of uh, calling me Frank, a lot of people were just calling me Frankie all the time. And so, hey, Frankie, Frank, Frankie. And sometimes they say Frank, but sometimes they just say, hey, what's up, Frankie? What's up? You know. And that's just kind of how how that came. But there's so many people when they say Frankie, there's a lot of people at Frankie. So I just wanted to add my middle initial, which is Joseph. Instead of saying Frankie Joe or Frankie Joseph, just Frankie J. So, so that 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 became Frankie J after a while. So
0: uh That's the only uh, place I saw it noted is on this final record. You know, that would have been a yeah. good name to kind of then get into hip hop from there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. Um, But, you know, at the time when I had the Frankie J, I wasn't realizing that uh, Mays also had a Frankie Beverly. But um, Mm -hmm. but 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 there wasn't, you know, it it still didn't. I guess it would have been more of a problem if it would have just been Frankie, but it wasn't uh, Frankie J. So and and it was spelled differently uh, with a Y. And I think Frankie Beverly has his with I E, But that's right. um, That's right. But but uh, anyway, that's kind of how that came about. And uh a lot of people call me, but but for the most part, family, everybody, everybody still call me Frank, but every time and every now and then people say Frankie, but uh you know,
0: they'll say Frank. I, I wanna make sure that I get across to viewers that if you select mm-hmm. on that final chocolate milk record, you gotta pick it up, find it somewhere because it's solid. If you're in a funk, you're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Um so what that happened? friction, that
1: friction was crazy though. That friction album when we did yeah. that, oh man, yeah. And the things that can't we we collaborated so well. Uh, like I said, by that time, that was our second album. Yeah. by, the, by that time, we were we knew Alan Jones' ways. We knew what he was. He knew us. Uh, Larry Dobson, we knew, and he, Larry knew me. We were good. You know, we didn't hang out, hang out, but when we came together musically. I mean, we knew each other very, very well. So everybody came as a collaboration. Like we wouldn't, we didn't, it wasn't just Chocolate Milk and Alan Jones. When we came and did a record, it was all of the whole family. So all of the barquets was coming and it was like, oh, what if you put this right here? What if you scratch this right here on a guitar? What if you did this? What if you did So everybody had input. That's something that we didn't have before. And if we had that kind of stuff, like I said again on RCA Records, um, I'm telling you, that's what made Erdwin and Fire go. Er- what made Erwin and Fire go was they had the Cavallo, they signed with a Cavallo Rufalo. Was- I'll never forget that. It was. A- he went on to work names. with
0: Prince. They worked with Prince after that. And they, and they worked with
1: Prince. And they out- they had a whole circles. Charles Stephanie had a whole, like the whole label would come and check them out and come in and incorporate what their views were. So they would have meetings on all of that. And so when everybody left the room, they had a one concept, what to do, how to do it. And everybody was on that one concept. We never had that.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Um, so what led to the uh, the demise of the group? What happened after friction? Well, there wasn't any demise.
1: We've never, and that's the, that's the secret, I guess what everybody did is say, Y'all together now? And then we never broke up. We, we've been together for 40-something years. We've never, we've never broken up. The problem was, um, after we did the Friction album, remember, it was a do or die, right? So we, as a do or die that Blue Jeans song saved us for one more album because we, it went 20 with a bullet. But it wasn't our fault that whoever said didn't write the record, da, 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 that wasn't our fault. So they excused us. We got another record with Alan Jones, another album. So we had another shot. And that album did okay, but it didn't do what Blue Jeans did. And so they let us go. And so when they let us go, by that time, I had wonderful children. I had a beautiful wife. And I decided to try to figure it out. Music. I stayed in music. I taught music. I've been teaching and, you know, I did stuff like that. But whenever they say, oh, chocolate milk, we need chocolate milk to come such and such, we just get together and go do it. Uh, And it's kind of like that still now. We just not, we don't have a label and we didn't try to invest in a label. We just, whenever somebody say, I need chocolate milk to go, we just call each other. But we just played about uh, six months, three, three months ago. We just played three months ago. We played at the Jazz Fest.
0: Uh, Uh, Fest. Who are the members now?
1: The members are still the same. We're, God has blessed us. We still have Robert Dabon on keys. We have Joe Fox, which is, uh, you know, Trumpet, Joe Smith. We have uh, Amadie Castanell still on sax. He's living in Boston. Um, and we have uh, 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 drummer Dwight Richards. He's still there. He's still here with me. And we play together every time, every chance we get because we're kind of close. Um, and myself. And then there's Afro Williams, who was in and out the group back and forward, the percussionist. He was there and he wasn't there. Like, if you go on to the Friction album and you look at that and you look at Blue Jeans, his face is not there. But on the, on the, on the action, speak loud and words beginning, he's there. He's a percussion. He got himself kicked out of the group hmm. for various reasons. But he's back with us, you know, so he still plays. So he's still alive. So that's it. That's the, that's the group. Um, David Barad is still here. He's still with us, but he never was really officially a chocolate milk member. Remember when we got rid of Ernest Daborn uh, for his craziness? We got David Barad as a bass player, but because of that situation, we were very leery of having anybody be a part of the group. We just had him be in the group, but not a part of the group.
0: Kind of so, like the Rolling Stones bass player.
1: That's right exactly and you know cameo kind of had what they had I mean uh, the drummer he the cameo's face started changing like crazy I mean at, at one time cameo was the five six guys and then all of a sudden it was down to two and three it was crazy but
0: uh, I, I saw I saw cameo Frank in the late 70s it was like about 12 of them
1: yeah yeah I mean they, 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 <laughs> he, he changed them Larry changed them air Blackman. He changed them every time, chance he got, you know, and that was uh, unfortunate. But it kind of worked for them. But it, it was unfortunate. He, they never had the same people. We've had the same people the whole time. It's just that, uh, like I said, bass player-wise, we, we, uh, we changed that. We don't always have the same bass player. So we, we got that differently. But we always make sure we get a funky bass player. But everybody is the same. We still have the same keyboard player. We still have the same guitar player, Mario Teo. We still have the same drummer and the two trumpet, trumpet and, and, and sax. We still have that. The only thing funk-wise to remember, again, we were so funky that we had Leo Nassim, we were We were trying to be like the Ohio players were in the studio. We were trying to be studio-funky. And rather than live funky, so we had Leo on guitar. We had Mike. I can't think. Of, I can't think of Mike's last name, but Mike O was there, and um, and and he played on a lot of funky stuff. And he played with Otis Redding, so uh, I can't. I
0: Mike Pizzarilla Rio, or
1: no, no, that was uh, Mike Pizzarilla was a guitar player for the other album, but uh, this guy was on the um,
0: Michael Tolls?
1: Michael Tolles. Michael Tolles. Wait, well, wait, well, wait, wait. Michael Toles, yeah, Michael Toles. That's it. Michael Toles. I'm trying to remember the other. Uh... Wait, Michael Toles is the keyboard. Michael, Michael Toles played keyboard. That's the one we added to try to help Win- Winston
0: to try no, to keep hear, up with Winston. Here it says Michael Toles for guitar after. Leo. No, I okay,
1: care. Well, that's, that's Michael. Tolles. That's him. Michael Toles. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. trying to remember who's the who's the keyboard guy. We have a c- keyboard guy, not not Robert Daborn, but. Uh,
0: Robert Depp? No, no Robert. not
1: Robert. Not Robert. Um, he's on, he's on, he's inside of that. He was never on the Oh, Michael Goods? Michael Goods. That's the Michael. That Michael Goods. I'm, I, that was, I'm getting them mixed up. Michael Toes though, is the one I'm talking about.
0: Impressive. Michael. I remembered all that.
1: Yeah. That, I didn't look so at impre- Like, you're so impressive. <laughs> you're so impressive. Uh, again, accolades to you. You're right on it. But yeah, that was Michael Toes. Michael Tools was funky. I mean, like when you say funky, oh man, he was funky. He was funky. He was funky and Leo to me in a different way. There's different styles. But it's but we so had long we long had, to we had Michael Tools together. Yeah, we had we had some people. So when we go on stage, I don't have that. So the problem that we have now when we play, it's hard for us to play blue jeans. For me, for me, it's hard to play blue jeans. I feel like Ohio players when, when, when I'm trying to do Blue Jeans. I feel like Ohio players, because Ohio players was great in the studio. They were terrible on stage. They couldn't pull it off. Um, we, couldn't, we can't pull off Blue Jeans like, like I would like it to be pulled off. Mm-hmm. It's just funky. We had Winston. I mean, that, listen to the people we had on. It. Michael Tolles just complimented Winston. And then we had Robert Dabon, which we already had. We, he still played his funky. And then and then we had Michael Toes, Mario Tio, our own guitarist. We didn't even use him. That's how funky it was. We had no place for him. So we had Michael, and then we had Leo, and then we had a, the guitar player from the Barcades. I can't think of his name. He was funky. He had the long hair.
0: Yeah, his name is Michael too.
1: Yeah. I can't think of his name. I can't no, think no, of No, Lloyd. Name, but
0: Michael Lloyd. Lloyd.
1: That was it. That was it. My good lord, and he was funky. So we had enough guitar players funking it up. So along with the keyboards funking it up, and they were playing synthesizers that had guitar sounds in it. Oh man! So we were funky all the way through. So mm-hmm. I couldn't. We couldn't duplicate that on a live stage. So Blue Jeans didn't. Blue, Blue Jeans didn't take off live to me the way all oh, the others did. Now we could do "Girl Calling." I could do that in my sleep. Have, um, you
0: guys, have you guys ever uh, thought about going back and making any new music? Or?
1: Uh, only because, like I told you before, uh, I'm an older guy now. Um, I wrote most of the songs, if not all of them, pretty much. The only way we can fly is if I write the songs. The problem with me is now is that if I write the songs, it's going to be mine. Like I, it's, and I have spoiled them to the point that whatever I wrote, we all share. I don't want that anymore. So it's hard for me because now if I write a song and it's my song, they're going to feel some kind of way about it. It is what it is. And so I've been holding my songs. I have my daughter with me. My daughter is Dawn. And we are older guy, but it, you might still remember 2004. There was a group called not a group, a, a television show called Making the Band Three. D- P. Diddy had this show. It was almost like American Idol, where you have youngsters come up and, and form a band. But you form a band in a in a form. They call it a band, but it's a group like like in in uh, like In uh, Sync and Backstreet. So it was like that. But it was a, gir- it was a girl group. And, then, and they called it a girl band. It's called Making the Band. And my daughter was a part of that. She went out uh, with about 10,000 girls. She auditioned, just like American Idol for it. It mm-hmm. went down to five. And so they went double platinum. If you go look at it, it's called Dana T. Kane. She came up with the oh. name when she was a young.
0: Yeah. Dana
1: T. Kane. And it went double platinum the very first time it went out. Wow. Yeah. The billboard. Dana T. Kane. Very first time it went out. When the, didn't get a lot of radio play, but it was crazy. They had a following like you wouldn't believe. So we went double platinum, and then they put out the second album, and that went double platinum. And it's now supposedly on record and Billboard as the only girl group. And you know we had a lot of girl groups. It's the only girl group that ever had back-to-back consecutive double platinum albums. Wow. They've never had any other girl group do that.
0: And your daughter's so far.
1: And my daughter's in it, yeah, Dawn. What's her first Dawn. name? Dawn. D a w n. Dawn. She. There are two. Uh, what we would call African American girls, but one is from Atlanta, and the other one is from New Orleans, and that's my daughter. Uh, Congratulations. And the other, the other three girls, Shannon and Aubrey. They're from. Uh, uh, Aubrey Aubrey's from LA. And uh, then we also had what we call a Spanish girl. She was kind of Andrea Fembres. You know, did so, did,
0: he, did he take like production credit on that or something?
1: He took all of it. Dana mm-hmm. De came from my daughter's uh, writing. She used to she used to write uh, uh, cartoon scripts, and she used to do that in her class during her class time. She she loved to to draw and and put in a cartoon. In fact, she's doing Adult Swim now. She's kind of doing stuff with Adult Swim mm-hmm. and all of that, but but she actually did. Uh, Danity, they were trying to come up with a name and Puff was wanted to come up with the hearts or something like that and they said, that's kind of old, the hearts and da-da-da-da. And Dawn said, what about Danity Kane? And he said, wow, I like that. Danity Kane, that sounds good. Where'd you get that from? And she said, well, I was, she was explaining she said, well, yeah, let's use that, Danity Kane. So he owns the right to Danity Kane. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he owns, but she came up with it. He's and a smart business man. Well, either smart businessman or you have dumb people that surround you and like i said again that's me and that's why you won't see another song coming out of chocolate milk unless it's coming out of different what about a frank richard
0: frank richard record with a band
1: now that has been thought about i mean i i just got to get the right band to do that and and i haven't gotten to that point yet and i'm still trying. I'm still an old guy, but, but I'm, I'm not at, at that level like I was when I was young. But but uh, yeah, that would be that was the only way that I got song. I got- Come on, you
0: used to work a UPS job all night. You can do it.
1: Yeah, right. You're right, Scott. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but anyway, you know, now my daughter's doing it. So a lot of uh, help is going to that. You know, like I said, Dad, can't. It's, it's very hard uh, in the music industry. If, if you got to find the right people it's got to be the right thing but it's very hard for a person who's very very talented in the group and everybody else know it and they want to keep you down and mm-hmm. that's hard that, that's the hard part Michael Jackson went through it even with his own brothers and, and, uh, and, and you should know I mean it is what that's just what it is Danny DeCaine was chosen uh, and she was one of the five girls um, I didn't want her to go through it at all because I knew about P Diddy. I knew about that, and he is a shrewd businessman, but he's also a knucklehead. He, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of problems, and 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 I was worried about that. And yeah, so, I can
0: speak to his character. All I can say is that his bank account looks like it does okay.
1: Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, but quite, quite he's definitely that, and now he's shrewd at that. He's shrewd. I've been, I, you know traveled with them, saw the things you know musically. Uh, he, he should be doing something else musically but I can't argue with the money he's making I can't argue that but 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 here's the deal when they came up with Danny the King they got it all the way through the five girls I never knew or would have known that my daughter would actually be a part of that not only would she be a part of it but I didn't even think she would be like the girl so she wrote the songs wow mm-hmm. They gave a they gave a credit for it because you know again her dad learned the lesson and I hope to pass that on so I said mm-hmm. look make sure you don't share it with the girls the problem is again like I said you it's a catch twenty two if you don't share it then you get way more animosity like I'm getting now
0: mm-hmm.
1: they don't want to change yeah. they they want they want to share in all of it but. I, I caused that problem, but I'm saying it is what it is in, 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 in this case. In this case, she wrote all the songs. She's getting credit for it, but the other girls are jealous, especially because Puff saw it the way he saw it. He couldn't have Dawn, a dark girl, be the face of Danity Kane and sell pop records. So he, so the thinking behind that was to have Aubrey O'Day be the face of Danity Kane, so that they could sell records. She's sexy, she's but she's also that face that everybody would like to like to have and be that. Problem-wise, talent-wise, she don't have it. So Dawn had to do all the vocals for her and do all of the things for her and do this and that and that. The problem is your, your head gets big when you know you're the face of that and you're double, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're, you're, that's hard, all right? And so, and me being the dad of Dawn, they respect that, but at the same time, they're looking at, well, that's his daughter. So I'm not letting him try to manage or tell me what to do. Uh, uh, no, I'm not taking his advice, you know, so.
0: That's a hard place for you.
1: And it's a very hard place. And so that's kind of what that happened. So it got to be a division kind of thing. So the, they were right there. They came up with the song uh, damage. For the second album, The Damage, I got on every radio station possible. It was on American Music Awards. It was all over the place. And, uh, and then they were ready to do another series. And they were ready to, to get away from Puff to do that. But the lead, Aubrey, wanted it done her way. And that, that rubbed the girls the wrong way. And then one after another, they started dividing. And so you know that's kind of what that was. So they they broke up. They actually came back together with three of them. Dawn tried it again, but it's just not gonna work. Cause sounds a little bit reminds me of what
0: happened with In Vogue.
1: That's right, In Vogue, exactly. So this, this is not something that's very new. I'm just saying that's kind of what that is, and mm-hmm. that's what. But but chemistry wise, they were crazy. Chemistry wise, they were like the Beatles. They mm-hmm. were. And so they sold that double platinum. I, I, Puffy, again, he's looked up as a genius, but he's also blessed because, again, I don't think he saw that coming. I don't think he did. I think he was looking to make the money off of making bands. You get that big money from, the, from Fox and you get that money from the, from the TV stations. They pump it. They say, hey, let's get Puffy and have this like American Idol, da, 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 da. Yeah. He was going to just run it, get the money, and just run.
0: Yeah, yeah. But,
1: but the group got big. And it was getting bigger than him. Wow. It was getting bigger than him. And, and he didn't know how to handle that. Because Puff is who he is. He knows how to make money for himself. But you ever look around, he don't know how to make money for everybody else. It just so happened he had one other surprise. Biggie Small surprised him. Biggie got bigger than he could ever get. I mean, Biggie got big. He was bonafide. He was talented in the whole bit. And Puff happened to be a part of that. Yeah. And, then when, and, then, and then Biggie died. But if you look around, Puff ain't had nobody else. He had people, but he ain't nobody's bigger than him.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and that's because of what it is. But anyway, that's where it is. So that's why. Yeah. Well, congratulations
0: story. on your daughter's uh, success too and just, you know, um, following yeah. in yeah. your footsteps to some extent.
1: She's doing her own, yeah. She's doing her own thing now and making her own way. And uh, you know, hopefully, she's like a what we call nowadays. It's called an indie artist. So you don't have to have uh, well, a, a label like like back in the day we were worried about technology,
0: you know, man, and the technology.
1: <laughs>
0: that's why we're here right now.
1: Yeah, that's where you go. And I know nothing about it. So my daughter would have been to hook us up right really quickly. As slow as I was, you saw how long it took me. So but <laughs> hey, uh,
0: Frank, Frank, I really appreciate all the time you spent with me. I mean yeah, yeah. going longer yeah, than had. I, I had intended. But I want yeah. to ask you one more question before we part ways. Yeah. And so it's gotta be a doozy, right? Yeah. My question is, um, how would you sum up the chocolate milk sound? What made chocolate milk and continues to unique? And how would you like the group to be remembered?
1: Um, I, I, I guess first to be remembered by our, we we accidentally came up on what Alan Toussaint had come up with. I really liked uh, the vocals uh, matching the horns. I thought that was something that was different. And the, the way it was done had a lot of, uh, had a lot of had a lot of identity to it and 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 the way we did it actually created that so i was trying to create that again it's just unfortunate like i said we didn't sell the records all over the place like we should have if girl calling would have been all over the way i thought it would have been you know where you heard it to be and where the, the celebrities thought we were going when we were going with it um i think that would have been the sound that would have been our sound and that would have took us where we, where, you know, where where we would have been remembered as. Wow, you know, those guys, you know, when, when the singer sang, you know, get that door, da 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 da. Everything would have been the same because that's how we 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 spoke the same the same language when we when we came out, and that's kind of how we, Girl Calling was produced. I mean, we didn't uh, we didn't say, okay, we're gonna sing this note and we're gonna play this note. It it, it just came out that way. We we did it in the studio and. And D played, you know, I call him, we call him Day Day. When, when he played that that melody, he said, "Da da 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 And I would put, "I wouldn't change it, baby. If I had my way, I would stay with you forever." And we did that together, and it was so like on point. And Alan was like, "Wow, let's do that again, and let's 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 do another one. Like let's do one with Joe like that." And it was so nice that the the horn players could actually play melodies. That would speak in the way it spoke. That I could actually translate that to English, so everybody else can get it.
0: It was light light in touch. Yeah, still delivered a a hard funk groove feel.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did have that. It had that heart. And I I think, I think when you look at that part from from the instrumentation part on that end, where where it comes from the bottom and all of that guitar and bass that's what you felt. You felt that and you felt that syncopation. It was backwards. We never had, we had songs like, um, uh, back in the day, there was uh, Chaka Khan and Rufus. And Rufus had a song that went bottom, love me bottom. And so we had the feeling almost backwards, but we had something trembling. Yeah, you got the love. Ray and Parker Jr. song. song. Called, it, 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 it was Ray Parker Jr. song. And we toured with him, by the way, yeah, as a guitar, you know, he, when, we, when he did the radio kind of song. Uh, but uh, but anyway, that that um that kind of funk. We had thud up but but was kind of similar to but up love me, but we had that feel of what that was. And we kind of, sometimes we change it and, 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 and what everybody else have, we just change it and tweak it just a little bit to make it feel like us, uh, feel like that, that gumbo. So if that, if that gives you for the bottom, for the bottom, for the horn players, which I thought was the, the, the upfront sound, that's kind of what we got. So when Immature took that, that sound, they had a song called, uh, uh, I know from Chicago Immature group that, that did, uh. You got it. They did that. They took our track and put you got it. They just took my voice off, and uh, uh we got it. So you got it. We got it. Whatever. By immature, and they did the, they did our track, mm-hmm. and that's that was kind of how people did during those times. They would uh, they would uh, uh, what we call it, take the track. They would um, uh, but they're do, still doing that now. You know, they they it. Uh, yeah, I forgot the what's the, I'm missing the word, but sample and tripolate? Sample. There there was sample, you know, yeah. So that that was a sample track, I and mean, when they just took the voice off and put it and put into it, uh, uh, girl cause that show you how big girl calling was for immature to even try to do it. And and I was other people that was trying to, you know, do it, but then it fizzled. And when it fizzled, everybody just backed off of it. But what's yeah. uh what's
0: your message to the people out there that continue to embrace chocolate milk and be fans and and well we, we I, I,
1: as anybody else i don't know uh, I, I i'm thinking everybody else because in my mind i always wanted to make a difference and so um if if we got a chance to make a difference in, in everybody in such a way where it changed their lives because a lot of people would come back and say man how about love i i I, I created this beautiful baby, and it was off of your record, and da-da-da-da, and, you know, it changed my life. And some people were in, you know, I was in a cell, and I was down, and I heard your song, and, you know, it really lifted me. And Action Speaks Loud. And so what I get out of that is uh, our purpose, again, is if we could really make a difference in a positive way to 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 help us get through our wonderful struggles. Cause we have, I call them wonderful because there are struggles and sometimes we can't see that, that the struggles that we're having, they're bad for us at the time, but they're good for us. And, and, and those struggles help us get better. Um, you know, uh, the political side of it, you know, the racism and this, that, you know, all of those things, they're bad, but they're good for us. They, 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 they get into our inner and, and, and say, hey, we can be better than this. We can, we can do better, we can get better, and we need to do better, and we need to get better. We just got to do it one at a time. If we never speak on it, if we never talk about it, and we throw it around, and we act like we don't see it, then we don't get better. And so that was the object of all of it, is just a, how can we make a difference, you know, in a positive way.
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to say there's few that did better than Mm -hmm. Chocolate Milk and Mr. Frank Richard. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a, a great pleasure talking to you and hearing all this great history.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Well, after spending all that delightful time with Frank Richard, if you're anything like me, you have a new appreciation for Chocolate Milk, the album's, the songs, their conquests, and their challenges. More than 40 years after becoming a fan, sucked in by Girl Calling, I now feel much more musically enriched, or maybe better expressed as enriched, as a tip of the hat to Mr. Frank Richard. In fact, a final thanks out to Chocolate Milk's class act, Mr. Frank Richard. And a sincere thank you to you, our viewers and listeners. Much appreciate the support. Be sure to look out for upcoming episodes of Truth and Rhythm, and catch up with previous installments of stuff.net on YouTube iTunes, and transmitter leading podcast providers. Be sure to subscribe to Truth and Rhythm if you're not already subscribed. What is going on? Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel on YouTube, click subscribe. It's that easy. Never miss a Truth and Rhythm episode. Get friends and family to subscribe. If you love the artists that we're bringing you, if you. Appreciate what they've done. The art they've brought us the joy. They bring us funk r and jazz Show your support and I want to hear from you drop me a line. It's scott g at, at funk net Let me know who else you want to see on the show. It's Your program. It's a two-way exchange So keep the emails coming. I'm getting a lot of them hearing from folks and uh, it's great. So keep it up and um You know, we'll see what we can do about getting whoever you want to see on the show. For now, until next time, as always, this is Scott, Dr. Jiggs Goldfein, saying keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.